Hey, fellow wool gatherers. It's middle of the week. It's time for a Metalhead update. I'm JPP with Metalhead Monday. How's it going? Hello, hello. Doing great. Good. Hey, so I'm going to start off tonight with uh, some bad news. I learned this evening that Peter Murphy of Bauhaus suffered a heart attack uh, just a little bit before one of the shows, essentially. Uh, it sounds like he is okay in that he's had surgery and they haven't disclosed a ton of information, but uh, he was on a residency uh, in a, at a location and doing um, a, a, st- a slew of performances, essentially. And uh, of course, he had to cancel those remaining dates through this week and next. So uh, th- those are, as I'm told, going to be postponed until a later time. But, uh, you know, speedy recovery, Peter, and very sorry that you've had to endure such a thing. Um, so I wanted to get that out of the way. Also, we wanted to discuss a couple other things, too, in the news. Metallica had an anniversary of the Black Album, and uh, Metalhead Monday posted on the Facebook page about that. And we just wanted to kind of talk about that a little more at length and in depth, because that was an album for me, and as well as Metalhead Monday. We had heard Metallica, but by the time we were cognizant enough to be baby metalheads and enjoy the music... And Justice for All had already been out for a little bit. And so this was our first, you know, preparing for a release. And then here it is. And it landed in our laps. And we got to enjoy a Metallica release, basically. So um, what are your thoughts on the Black Album? Can you kind of give me your stroll through memory lane at that time? Yeah, well, as you said, like, that was our, our first new Metallica, you know, since we kind of became fans of them. And it was super hype. I distinctly remember uh, for some reason I didn't see the video at my house or I don't know if I was going to your house the day the Inner Sandman video dropped. I think it was in July Mm -hmm. and uh, you had taped it and I, I remember getting to your house and like I mean we were almost like giddy little school girls trying to get in, oh rubbing our hands you know oh new Metallica, new Metallica what's this video going to be like and you know, so, and then we watched that, and then the album came out on August 12th, 1991, and for some reason, that date has always stuck with me, like, I've never forgotten it, it, I don't know why that one sticks in my head, but it was, I mean, that's a momentous occasion for us, you know, brand new Metallica, and it ended up being their biggest album ever, and cemented their place as one of the biggest bands in the world, and I went to, uh, looked online and kind of jotted down a few little factoids about it if that's cool yeah totally that's what we're here for well when it came out uh it actually debuted at number one which of course was the first for metallica um i don't believe it was the first metal album to debut at number one um so i, I know at least skid row i think did it before them mm-hmm uh, I, I don't know if they are actually credited with the first metal album to debut at number one, but uh, but it debuted at number one on Billboard, and I think it said I think it stayed there for like four weeks. Um, it, in 2012, the Black Album was certified 16 times platinum, and so it's actually one of the biggest selling albums ever. Undoubtedly. And um, uh, Rolling Stone did a 500 greatest albums and they ranked Black Album at number 255. So, wow. 
Yeah, some cool little facts about it. It's I, that's you know twenty eight years on, and it's still kicks ass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, you know, when that album came out, I remember seeing the video, and at first when I heard the opening riff to Enter Sandman, I thought, "Is this Metallica?" And because of course, after Injustice for All, and even hearing the earlier stuff, I'm thinking dark, brooding, and things like that. It was still heavy, but it was just a twist. And so, you know, as soon as I started seeing the band in the strobe lights, I was like, "Oh shit, here we go!" Yeah, and, you know, goosebumps, hair raising, and all that kind of stuff. And so. Um, you know, of course, because the album came out and then that was the album opener, I already knew what that sounded like. So it was like, what's the rest of the adventure going to be like? And then holier than thou hit. It's like, holy crap, no pun intended, but, uh, just the intensity of, of that riff. And then you get sad, but true. It's like, let's tune it down a couple notches mm-hmm. and blah, really yeah. blow your head off. So, um, there's really not a bad tune on the album whatsoever. Everything has, a nice drive to it. And um, I, I wore my copy to the ground. I mean, it's still in decent shape, but nonetheless, <laughs> it got a lot of plays. And um, I just remember it, what was funny to me is just people that kind of like you said in our science class, when we were looking at Pantera, the people that would dog us for enjoying that music all of a sudden were enjoying it and Sandman and the black, oh, album, yeah. you know? And so oh, yeah. It's like, okay, now, now the crowd is starting to widen quite a bit. Um, you know, so it was almost in a way, Hey, don't, don't encroach on my Metallica, but at the same time, you know, they were getting a wider fan base as a result. So, you know, good for them. Um, and then of course, in the years after they toured like crazy and, you know, we got to take advantage of the box set, that live shit binge and purge, which was awesome. Saw in 94. Yep, that's right. I was there with what Suicidal Danzig Metallica. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that, that was a tough show in that the lawn was so packed and I was crammed between strangers and you know body odor and mud and all that fun stuff. But uh, uh, was, yeah, I remember. What was it? It was Eric Word, wasn't it? I mm-hmm. think went with yeah. So him and I were up in the pavilion undercover, and you guys. You and Winston, I believe, were out in the lawn. You guys, I remember meeting up with you after the show. You guys were soaked. Yeah, we were beat up and just exhausted from just enduring the elements for sure. Yeah, it rained and all that. Yep, yep. So, um, but it was great to be able to hear Danzig and Suicidal Live too. I mean, I had never had the chance to see them prior to that and haven't seen them since, but uh, um, still a, a real cool evening. And, uh, you know, what wasn't forgotten. And then, you know, of course I got to see them earlier this year and up close and personal, which was amazing. Even after all these years that it was still just as intense of an experience as it was when I got the black album. So that was cool. I was really, really uh, happy to kind of see that come full circle here in 2019. But yeah. uh, you know, nonetheless, I learned a lot of riffs from that. That was part of my fledgling guitar playing journey, learned a lot of subtle nuances and playing and, and rhythm techniques and stuff from Hetfield and even from Hammett. So, um, you know, <laughs> they all know they'll never hear this, but thank you for uh, the years of uh, study, if you will. I mean, I was so focused on guitar at the time. I, didn't get in trouble in high school or anything like that. I was always just wanting to excel at that guitar. So that was, uh, they were, they were part of that nonetheless. Um, yeah. Any other closing thoughts on that? Not really, man. It's just amazing to see, you know, if you look at any band that's had the 
a career as long as they've had. Nobody is, you know, no one's as big as they are, but there's been bands that have been around just as long as them. And it's great to see, you know, everybody we loved back in the day is still, still around and kicking and most of them are still making good music. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're going to move on to the next topic at hand. And that's another band that uh, we love that have since been on a permanent hiatus. And that is Mr. Bungle. In headlines this week, Mr. Bungle reunite for the first uh, time in 20 years for just three concerts in 2020. They're going to be playing their 1986 demo tape, The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. And they're going to have in the roster Scott Ian of Anthrax and SOD and Dave Lombardo of Slayer, Dead Cross, and uh, countless other bands too. So I'm excited to hear this, even though it's a snowball's chance in hell that I'm going to be able to go see any of these events because two of them are on the West coast and one's going to be in Brooklyn. But the fact that they're getting together for this special occasion, I'm sure something's going to pop up on the internet. So I'll at least get to see it in some fashion. Oh, but, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm, I'm hopeful that it just sparks a little fire for them to be a little creative too. I mean, Mike Patton's busy. He's got so many projects. I, Lost count. but nonetheless um this was the the beginning of his journey and uh, you know what a what a group of people to really work with too his uh writing style with trace Perance and trevor dunn is very cerebral to say the least and uh they've really unfolded a lot of elements outside of metal but still is heavy too so um definitely became one of my faves really quickly once i i heard them um i've got a couple quotes for you too um let me find it here real quick sorry yeah so here's what so when mike hit me up about this my brain thought he was asking me if i wanted to come to a show him knowing i'm a huge bungle fan when i realized he actually meant for me to play guitar with them it broke my brain i was giggly uh, i was a giggly drooling mess somehow i pecked out yes on my keyboard and holy crap i'm playing in mr bungle seriously it's an honor and a privilege to get to play with my favorite mr band of all time from scott ian so you know that's cool that there's a lot of uh you know optimism and energy from yeah. you know the guests in, in that regard it's not just another gig it's very yeah. special across the it's board no, it's no shock too that he's uh bringing lombardo out because i mean he's worked with him in like phantom moss and you know other mm -hmm. projects so they have a long history of being friends and working together yeah your cousin commented on on the article about uh wanting new material from them and and i told him you know i love phantom Oz. i think it's a great project my only complaint is they're kind of a tease because they'll get a really killer riff going but it only lasts a second and then you move on to the next thing and it just constantly evolves which is cool don't get me wrong but sometimes it's like oh i want to let that fester a while and really yeah. grow. but nope you on to the next yeah you can let a good riff go for a minute <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. So, all right. So it looks like um, Friday, February 7th is at the Fonda Theater in Los Angeles, February 8th, Warfield Theater in San Francisco. Then they'll take a couple of days off to head over to Brooklyn Steel, New York City to, to finish off the uh, the little round, if you will. So only in three cities support bands to be announced. Tickets are on sale August 16th for any listeners that are in the area. Please go to the show and report back to us. We will live vicariously through you and be completely jealous. <laughs> so cool. So that's, uh, that's really the long and short of what I had. Anything else on your mind in the music news uh, world these days, sir? Uh, no, that was that bungle news hitting today was huge. 
Yes, so. yes, absolutely. Uh, we have a little bit of time left in the episode, so we're going to kick it over to tea bags here in a moment. But uh, before we do so, I wanted to talk about another piece of news that uh, announced this morning was that Tool uh, gave out the full track listing for the album. So song titles are now listed. We have those posted over on the Wall Wanderings and Wool Gathering Facebook page. And uh, some of those titles are certainly interesting. I'm looking forward to hear what Chocolate Chip Trip turns out to be. Yeah, I think it's interesting. That, well, I think what I read about that one was it's uh, pretty much Danny Carey. So I don't know if that's just like a little, you know, drum solo or what, but I'm pretty sure they said that one was, was him. Gotcha. But yeah, it's interesting. They released the, uh, like the track listing for the, physical and digital release and they are different obviously on the digital there aren't any time constraints so they're allowed to throw in a few extra tracks like the the chocolate whatever we were just talking about <laughs> yeah chocolate chip trip yep and it looks like uh, uh litany contre la pure if i'm pronouncing that pre uh, correctly is a bonus track legion inoculant is also a bonus track and mocking beat is a bonus track. Uh, I'm anxious to see the physical release, even though I've seen prices starting around 45 bucks. It's supposed to be an immersive experience with a little HD screen and, and whatnot. So I, I know it's going to be uh, something spectacular and collectible, but man, that's, uh, you know, <laughs> these days when you're used to streaming, it's like, wow, I'm going to have to budget for that. But uh, yeah, yeah, but it's that's all good, you know. Um, as many CDs as I don't buy these days, I can I'm sure I can kind of take the hit. Um, yeah, you know, I hadn't heard the price point on that, so I saw they were doing it was going to be some kind of you know big special edition thing, and I saw you know a little blurb about uh, technology and this and that, and I was I just saw dollar signs in front of my eyes, and I, I didn't even look for a price. Yeah, that that you are you are correct in that for sure. Um, you know, nonetheless, with their last couple of releases, they've been building up to something like this. Of course, with Ten Thousand Days, they had the fold out with the kind of the lenses that you could look through, and then there was um, oh the stereo, was, yeah, the stereo optical stuff. Yeah, and then you have you know laterals with like the clear transparencies with the print and everything too that kind of you peeled it open there's layers and uh even anima with kind of the perforated the lenticular cover. yeah that's yeah you, you've got the vocabulary going yeah. on i don't but you know what i'm talking about i know that from comics yep so you know cool cool little uh, gimmicks if you will but concepts and and it really ties into the whole experience and that's what tool fans are after i mean music aside they're always doing something very visual as well and tangible in, in their presentation. So really excited that's coming up here really, really soon. So if you hadn't listened to the Slipknot review, uh, please be sure to do so. We have a couple of guests coming up in the near future. Uh, a colleague of mine, Rob Winters, hopping on board in a couple weeks to talk with us about the life of uh, cartoon music. He's a sound engineer and has worked with Warner Brothers and uh, live concerts uh, through the years. And we also have Steven Siebold of Hate Department. He's going to be coming on board here in the next month or so. Uh, we're kind of pinning down the date on that. But uh, he did say, hey, you know, you know, let's just get something going. I'd love to chat with you guys. So really excited about that. If you haven't had a chance, check out that episode too. We, we reviewed Standalone as well as his other project, Mute. Uh, so he came out with a couple of releases pretty quickly 
um, this year. So very commendable to be able to put a lot of effort and work in and come out with two completely different styles of music that are fantastic. They're definitely really good albums that are in rotation for me throughout the year. Anything else before we take off? I think that's all the news that's fit to print. That sounds good. Well, we're going to kick it over to T-Bags to uh, close out the evening. T-Bags, it's all you. Splat. Thanks, guys. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Lana Del Rey. Um, I do feel a little bit like that little bonus material that's after the credits of a movie. Um, but I appreciate everybody sticking around. I uh, grew up on Metallica and was a huge fan of Tool, so sorry I couldn't be in on that conversation. But uh, oddly, I'm here bringing you the news on Lana Del Rey. Um, and it seems like there seems to be a lot of good things going on in the world of Lana Del Rey. And there seems to be some Lana Del Rey going on for the good of the world, especially in the United States. Um, we posted on our Facebook page about uh, Looking for America, a single that she recently released. And uh, as she says, all of my proceeds from this song will go to the Gilroy Garlic Festival Victims Relief Fund, El Paso Community Relief Fund, and the Dayton Foundation. So uh, the song basically is, you know, kind of a gun-free, uh, mass shooting-free, obviously, uh, world. Um, it's called Looking for America. It's a fantastic track. She does such good work anyway. So um, we'll have links to that in the description. Also... Um, She's busy. She's got a song called Season of the Witch that's in the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark movie, which the trailer looks fantastic. Um, we'll also link to that, but definitely worth checking out. Uh, I really kind of fell in love with her back in the day of uh, Great Gatsby. I mean, I liked her music anyway, but um, when I heard her song Young and Beautiful in the soundtrack and in the and watching the movie, obviously... Um, that really solidified it for me. So um, that era of the Art Deco, early 1900s, you know, I was really excited to see her paired up with that. Um, then fast forward to now, and we've got her releasing an album called Norman <coughs> Rockwell, which is out on August 30th. And uh, the artwork looks so good. And it's, you know, of that early 1900s era. Um and she's got a really unique way of um, showcasing the album. She has a trailer out that kind of, it's like a three and a half minute trailer that just keeps kind of glitching out and fading into different parts of the album with some pretty good visuals. So um, definitely check out the album trailer. Again, just like everything else, we're putting these things in the show notes. Um, and then lastly, uh, she's got options, but we had talked on the show before about some of the you know, cassette tapes coming back. And so she's got a CD, cassette, or vinyl option, all having the digital download. Um, and they're lime green. Uh, it's just a super cool look. And uh, um, I'll definitely be supporting her. I think that's what we all need to do, obviously, is, you know, buy the albums, buy the tickets, buy the merch, and make sure artists can continue to be artists. Um, it's cool that we have Spotify and Apple Music and all these kind of things that you know, only 10 to 15 bucks a month or whatever, and you get everything. But, you know, uh, these artists need to make money too and continue to produce. And so um, check out that those uh, combos. You get a digital download with them. And uh, I'm looking forward to that album as well. And that is all that I have for the Lana Del Rey update. And uh, appreciate everybody's input on this tool and Metallica and all the topics that we keep talking about. And we're looking forward to uh, another episode.
Take care. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you haven't had a chance, check us out on Facebook at Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Also on Instagram at Wanderings and Wool Gathering. And please leave comments. Let us know what you like in the episodes, what you want to hear more of. If there's any albums that we're missing, please let us know. We're always wanting to discover new music. So happy to check it out and, and give a candid review. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. <laughs>